Hey everybody, this is your host, Alex Kessler. I am uh, talking to you because we have a sponsor today, but it's a different one. We are sponsored today by Trunk Club. They are sponsoring us, uh, and they're sweet. They, uh, they send you a box filled with personally assigned clothes. A stylist helps you pick out, and uh, you get to pick what you like from it, and then you put it back in the box what you don't like and send it back, and they only charge you for the stuff you wear and keep. It's like a loot crate for super cool fashion. Yeah, it's great. So if you go to the link, uh, you are supporting us. So we they they ship us some some sweet returns on any person that uses the code that I'm going to tell you uh, when you sign up. And so please do that. It supports the cast. They are www.trunkclub.com slash invite slash CYMB74. There is also a link on rocketjump.com. Please check it out. And we'll see you guys Let's after the music. Go ahead and just say that one more time. Sure. No, no. <laughs> I meant the code. Oh, yeah. So you go for it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. What is it? It's not in front of me. Oh, okay. say it again. HTTP colon slash slash www.trunkclub.com slash invite slash CYMB74. But you can also just find that link on rocketjump.com. Yep, and you'll get some sweet stuff, so you should do that. Really cool stuff. All right, thanks, guys, and we will see you guys after the music. Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult. But prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. Your host here, Alex Kessler, with my co-host, Ben Bateman. I want to talk about some wolves. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I do. I'm excited. I don't even have a competitive list, but I just like this card so much that I'm going to talk about it. But we'll talk about some other stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. So... We talked about it last week, um, but for those who didn't listen, because it was live and yep. they, they don't like fun, uh, we a bunch of stuff was unbanned and a new set came out. And so yep. there was a bunch of sweet sweetness happening. So much sweetness in the format right now. Yeah, absolutely. I basically haven't stopped making lists hmm. for the last week. Yeah, I have... Uh been brewing with a select few cards i you know me i tend to like not want to play with the cards that are the most powerful and right uh it, i get dissuaded but i've been i've been paying i've been paying attention and watching and we, we played a bunch of games with some of your brews the other day definitely some sweet stuff um i have a tezzeret list that i am going to talk about later on but i have not uh i have not perfected sure. it to the point that i want to talk about it just yet so today for those who don't know we're doing deck doctor episode with the brew that i did it's yes. my brew time Normally yeah. we do Ben brews, and today it's a Kessler brew. No, it well, hurts I realized I realized bit. something this week. Yes. So like we've been kind of in a dark like um, yes, it's been Eldrazi winter, and, but it's been a dark time this week, or the last three months, just from the perspective of like, modern being fun. Modern wasn't fun. <laughs> standard was a lame duck thousand dollar deck. Standard like right. if you wanted to play standard, it cost someone a thousand. Like you needed four Jaces, all the fetch lands. It's like thousand dollar decks. So standard was unaccessible. Standard was just like just like modern. I like actively <laughs> yeah, but like it rotates. Like yeah. like if standard was like a thousand dollars to play standard, but then you got to keep that deck for years. Right. Sure. But it was standard where I absolutely know that this deck will not be worth what it's worth in two months. Right. Um. And then on top of that, you have. Like, Oath of the Gatewatch is the limited format, which I personally was not a fan of. Right. Yeah, I mean, Oath of the Gatewatch was just mediocre. I think Shadows of Innistrad is, like, super, super, super cool. Uh, I'm definitely a big fan of that. And uh, I definitely think that there's going to be some fun decks to brew from Shadows of Innistrad. There's just there's just a lot of really interesting cards with, like, a relatively high power level that are going to just go a long way. There's also, there's as we talked about in our Top 10 episode, there's a lot of cards that got printed where, like, 
they're interesting and the best use for them maybe hasn't figured had been figured out sure. quite yet. It's not like they just printed a better better version of something we already had. It's like you know, Asylum Visitor is really interesting. That card fits on curve in a bunch of different decks and can be played in different styles. Or mm -hmm. there's the new Delirium Search for a Creature for one green. How fast can you turn that on? Right, like, just like Gitrog is seeing like legacy play. Thing in the Ice is nuts. Like, there's all these sweet yeah, cards. Exactly. Exactly. And they're not all like, like, they're not all Treasure Cruise. They're yeah. not like, oh, this will go in 30 decks. But there's a lot of interesting ways to take these cards that right. didn't exist before. Absolutely. And, and Modern being open to larger than sorcery three drops because yep. we i've always argued that the reason splinter twin was a problem though i disagree with maybe it's banning was it prevented three and four drops and five drops to really see that much play because if you tapped out for it against splinter twin you lost right yeah exactly so we're definitely in, a, in an interesting new place where there's a lot of cool things to be done and uh interesting ways to play the game definitely a control angle Oh, and for the record, some some of the people were tweeting at me about this. My whole entire theory about Hex Parasite and Vampire Hex Mage with Thing in the Ice was incorrect. Uh, I was so so you're not as wrong as you think you are. You have you're to still wrong. play one still more play, one play spell. Yeah, yeah, which makes it bad because <laughs> you don't have it in your deck. Well, it just like it adds one step to already something that was like a little bit wonky and like it's, sure, 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 it's just sure. like not good. Um, I think now that are playing thing in the ice in decks that are yeah, exactly. Now Chronozoa, on the other hand, I believe when you remove the last counter, it still it does double. So Chronozoa works, but but the whole idea was that Chronozoa being a four drop was bad, but you could maybe mitigate that by the fact that you had thing in the ice, and that's not the case. Sure. Also, somebody showed me that the I had looked this up and thought that you couldn't play uh, silver for. What the heck's the name of the wolf that I like With so much? Hada Hedron Hedron. Yeah, holder. but in fact you can because it it's not on a it's not on a cast trigger. It's when it becomes the target, and so even it is copied. It, Hada doesn't work with heroic, but it does work with the wolf. The wolf. Yeah, that's what I would, that's what somebody on the internet told me, and then they sent me a description. So it's and it's just targeted. Yes, but only spells. Yes. So not abilities. Cool. Right. Okay. Which is actually totally nuts. Sure, and sure, sure, sure. Means that <laughs> means that you, well, when I get to my wolves list, that's definitely a very interesting angle to take because so, it means that like a turn four, you could just like go completely bonkers if you were playing in the right deck. Got it. So as far as decks go for today, we yep. have uh, one or two fan submissions. Yep. We have my Tesserator list. Mm -hmm. And we have a few ideas from you on werewolves. <laughs> well, I definitely just have like a, a card that I kind of want to kick around and explain to people where I'm going with it. And maybe maybe it'll get people excited and they can sort of come at me with what they think the best version of this is. Because I've, I've been sort of trying to build some version of like a werewolves, heroic, heroic werewolves kind of deck. Humans for a little while now. I haven't, really able to, I haven't been able to go to a place that I'm very happy yet. But there's a lot of really cool interactions that I want to talk about. So uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Cool. Um, what should we start with? Uh, well, everyone should just right now stop what they're doing. Yep. Pause the podcast. Yep. Pull over your car if you're driving. Yep. Make sure your boss isn't looking at you. Take <laughs> out your phone and follow us on Twitter. We're yeah. at the MMCast. That was dramatic. I know. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a slice of drama. Uh, yeah, we're at the MMCast. I'm at Ben Bateman Media. I'm at Kess Wiley. And there's this really cool podcast that we yeah. both listen to called The Command Zone. And yeah. they are on rocketjump.com. That's Jimmy Wong and Josh Lee Kwai. And they're our buddies. And they do awesome commander content. And yeah. if you guys like commander content fact, or you just like having fun and getting things given away to you because they give lots of stuff away, um, go and listen to The Command Zone. Yeah. Um, they're sweet. 
they're awesome and they're funny and they have good senses of humor and they're great. So you guys should check that out. And then lastly, of course, um, we're on Patreon. We have a Patreon yeah. that we launched pretty recently and you guys have been wonderful. It helps us do content that is beyond our normal uh, normal amount of content that we do. And we're going to be ramping that up in the near future here and doing a bit more video content. We're getting really close to the streaming video level of the membership rewards. Yeah. Um, we posted the non-video but audio yep. video to the... Um, Yep, to the, to the YouTube channel. Yep, and we just like the, your guys' contributions. We, are, we, we were able to buy a relatively inexpensive USB mic to improve the audio quality for streaming, which was awesome. We yeah, couldn't have done that purely before. Purely based off of the, like, if you look at the, watch the YouTube video. It's on Webisodes Network. It's a YouTube channel. Yep. Um, it's, the, the audio is bad. Yep, and so we had <laughs> to buy. And now we don't have to do that anymore. Now it'll be good. So we had to buy a mic, and we did that because you guys helped. And then also, you all should be should if either have your Masters of Modern Playmat for the for those of you that signed up for the Swagbox membership. I just on our Twitter posted a picture of this this month, the April uh, the April Swagbox membership, which is going to be uh, four copies of signed Geist of St. Traft foil from the dual deck right. and four copies of signed Grand Architect. Um, and we will be sending those out here uh, shortly. So there's lots of fun stuff. There's audio messages that some of you guys still need to record and send to us to play on the podcast because you've donated. Yep. Um, and the big one, or not the big one, but one of the main things that everyone gets who donates uh, after $5, I think. So not everyone. Because there's like a, one, a few one or two dollar yeah, guys, yeah. which we appreciate you guys. Just you don't get this. Oh yeah, uh, you get this at deck text deck list. So we, when we're doing deck doctor episodes now, we'll only be using decks submitted by our patreons because that's kind of one of the cool rewards you get from being a Patreon member. Yep. Um, and so today is we are going to be, be doing, doing some deck doctor stuff. Yeah. Also, if anyone that is our Patreon donators or someone else wants to come up with a cool nickname for all of our Patreon members or just fans in general, please tweet it at us because I, I like. I think we, it's time. I think yeah. it's time we have a name for our fan group or like people that listen to us because I need a way to refer to everyone. It's pretty conveniently. cool. Conveniently. Yeah, it should be something cool though, not just like something like really convenient. Like disciples. Yeah, disciples or we, we're masters. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, could even go, we could even go really deep and try to base it off of like a bad cable movie like The Skulls or something like that. Oh, I love The Skulls. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. With, with uh, Paul Walker yeah, and, and uh, Joshua, Joshua Jackson? Yeah, Joshua yeah. Jackson. Oh my God, you love that movie. <laughs> yeah, that movie's great. <laughs> you like immediately got excited. His best friend, like, yeah, everything about the movie is awesome. Yeah. It like, it's a little, it's not as great as it maybe could have been. It's but a little it's like, it's not perfect. a good movie at all. Yeah, exactly. You remember it being good from the 90s because you were a kid. But yeah. it's like a 90s movie. It's like a straight no, to video great. 90s movie? No, no, it wasn't. It was, it was theatrically released. I don't know about that. No, I like saw it in theaters. Oh, and then who's the third dude? There was a sequel. The Skulls 2. That was straight to DVD. That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, let's get into the episode. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, this is... What do you want to do first? Do you want to talk, you want to talk about werewolves? Do you want to get that off your chest? Um, yeah, why don't we just start with that? Just, just, gonna, gonna, just not tap... Mana and not cast a spell this turn, and yeah. then you're gonna flip over into your werewolf. I'll just thing. flip over to my werewolves. So, guys, this is it. All comes from uh, my card that I love so much: the silver fur. Uh, what the heck is it? Silver fur, silver fur partisan. I don't know why it's so hard to say that. Say that five times fast. Can you do it? Silver fur partisan. Silver fur partisan. Silver fur partisan. Silver fur partisan. Yeah, you can't do it. Silver fur partisan. 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 That was five. It's pretty close. Um, this card is amazing. I think it's it's not like it's overtly powerful. If it costs two and had it was a one one, then it would be very powerful. But it's a one green, two colorless for a 2-2 two, two wolf warrior with trample. Whenever a wolf or werewolf you control becomes the target of an instant or sorcery spell, put a 2-2 two, two green wolf creature token onto the battlefield. It's a very interesting card. Um, 
it has a built-in anti-getting killed by removal, which is very cool. Um, it can get wrathed by a pyroclasm. It definitely, it definitely gets killed by removal, but um, yep. the way it dies is you gain value from it. Yeah, exactly. So it, you trade three mana for you know their lightning bolt, but you're left with a 2-2 wolf, which is fine. Uh, it's not amazing, but it's interesting. Sure. And then if you build it correctly in the right deck to be able to take advantage of it, uh, it definitely is a very interesting card. So I've been going a couple of different directions with this card. Um, there's just like a number of different things uh, that you can do. So... The first one is you could go straight up wolves. Wolves and werewolves, right? They've just just like what happened with Eldrazi on a much, 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 much lower power scale. Um, you you can like, you know, there's a bunch of wolves that got printed now in the second run since Innistrad's first printing that now maybe make this more interesting. So Mare of Aberbrook, for instance, is a card that I think a lot of people remember from Limited being very good. That's very interesting. It's a, it's a human and it's a werewolf a lord. lord that starts producing 3-3 three, three tokens in value. Yeah, like it's... I mean, that card's always been right on the fringe. Like, it's never been quite good enough to actually play with, but it's always been like a very cool card. Like sure. a 2-2 like a two, two that makes tokens is good. Um, obviously, that card and this card play very well together on curve. Right. So the problem with... There's Immerwolf, which people probably don't remember very well. It's a... It's a wolf, a wolf that gives werewolves and wolves plus one, plus one. And Intimidate, I think. And it's a green, red, okay. one for a 2-2. Two, two. Um, and I think wolves can't, uh, werewolves can't flip back to being humans. But it's a three drop. So if you compare this to, like, say, Merfolk, this is just less powerful because the curve is not quite as good and you don't have the density of lords on two. Sure. Plus the one drops Merfolk you're having Merfolk play. plays eight two-drop lords and three three-drop lords. Even the one drops are just, like, better. Like, just getting to play Curse, sure. curse Catcher. It's easier to play Mutavault because you're playing one color. Like, it's just interesting. Like, it's just better. And, and sure. blue, like, soft control plays well with it. So going straight wolves to me is... Not good enough. So the second idea that I started to come up with was, okay, obviously Silver for Partisan is like a double, he's like a double-sided heroic trigger. So the first thing you think of is if you resolve this guy on turn three, what do you want to have in hand? You probably want to have a free spell. You probably want to have Mutagenic Growth or you probably want to have Gutshot, one of the two. Gutshot, it goes between being playable and not playable in Modern depending on what's happening. I think it's always going to have targets, but... It's not I think always it could be arguably playable. Now Jun's better, which means that there are going to be more dark confidants out there. Yeah, uh, Delver like decks are going to be good, which leads me to believe that Delver will be good. It kills birds. Young Pyromancer is going to be a card in the format, most likely. Yeah, it's a, it's solid against Infect. Um, it's like it, it kills a lot of things. Like no, it's it's great against Infect. Yeah, it kills everything out of that deck. Yeah, killing a Hierarch in that deck is super important. Um, literally, literally, there's not a single creature in that deck that. Gutshot doesn't kill. Right. So Gutshot, <laughs> yeah, so, so Gutshot is a good card. And, and Infinity, it's good against Infinity. Yeah. So, and then obviously Mutagenic Growth is interesting. So, like I'm playing Knight of Souls Betrayal right now in Jund. And yeah. That card just literally locks those deck out, and Gutshot's kind of like a mini yeah. Knight of Souls Betrayal. So, you can go a couple different directions. The first thought that I had was you play Mare of Aberbrook in this card, and then you play a bunch of human, just a bunch of humans, and then the right spells. So, my first list was like Champion of the Parish, right? And then a Crow and Crusader, which is the 1-1 one, one for 1 that makes 1-1 one, one haste guys when sure. he's targeted. You play Mare. I couldn't decide what I wanted. Like, originally, I had a 2-drop heavy version. So I was playing uh, the Vanguard of Brimaz, who's a 2-2 two, two for 2, that makes 1-1 one, one, uh, Vigilance cats when he's targeted. Okay. And I was also playing Young Pyromancer. So the, the whole idea was that basically almost the entire deck was making tokens. And then... I started, like, the tokens were the wrong creature types. The human lord thing, it felt kind of wonky. It wasn't doing what I wanted, so... I do think that Young Pyromancer is interesting here because Young Pyromancer essentially gets you the 1-1 token maker heroic trigger off of somebody else's heroic trigger, which I think is great. 
Okay. Um, but ultimately, I thought that the Vanguard of Hermes was a little bit weak, so I replaced it with Phalanx Leader, sure, which is the one one for two uh, human that when it's targeted puts a plus one plus one counter on your whole team, which then led me to start just thinking, okay, I want to play eight gut shots, eight mutagenic growths, four silver for partisan, and four Phalanx Leaders, and then I want to figure out how to build around that because to me it was like. I'm totally fine mutagenic growthing a phalanx leader in response to a bolt. It's going to save it and put a counter on my whole team. Okay. Totally fine doing the same thing to a silver for partisan against a bolt. It saves it, makes a 2-2, and I get a 2-2 out of their target, which is sure. insane. You probably could get away with like a Vines of the Vastwood yeah. like as a one-of. Maybe. Um, or the, like the Phryxian, I always forget what it's called, uh, that gives protection. Apostle's Blessing. Apostle's Blessing. Yeah, so the protection spell that I ended up leaning towards in a deck like this was Emergence Scathed which I liked better because it's one white target creature you control gains protection from the color of your choice line of turn, but it has rebound. So you play it for one white in response to a removal spell, and then it rebounds on your next upkeep and retargets for another trigger. Sure, sure, sure. So basically the idea here is that you want every single spell you're playing to be free or get two activations. So hilariously enough, the single best card ever printed for a deck like this is Travel Preparations. (laughs) Do you oh, oh <laughs> this the the flashback green white put yeah. plus one plus one counter on up to two creatures. This card was like a total limited all star. Everybody loved this card. One green, one white, put a plus one plus one counter on each of up to two target creatures. Flashback for one white, one colorless. So like, if you have two wolves on the table at the time you cast this, you're going like, okay, I'll make my two 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 wolves into three threes, and I'll make two more two twos out of it, and then I'll flash it back, make the new two twos into three threes, and make two more. So by casting this and flashing it back. You're actually adding, what is it, uh, tw- 4, 8, 10, 12 power to the board for 4 mana? Sure. If you have two, if you have silver for partisan in play. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is a sorcery, <laughs> and it is kind of redundant. So I you think... Play in, one of. I think you play it as, yeah, one or two of. Cute little singleton. There's definitely some really interesting options. Like Thrill of the Hunt is a card that I find interesting. Uh, it's target creature gets plus 1, plus 2 for 1 green, then it flashes back for 1 white. Okay. So plus one plus two is good, obviously, with anything with two toughness. So sure. saving sure, sure, it from sure. lightning bolts, like it just seems good. Like saving silver partisan from a lightning bolt for one, and then getting a two two, and their two two, and then having the ability to do it again. Right. Um, none of this plays well against sword of the make. Like none of it. <laughs> Every single one of these options is bad against that because if they're gaining life, yeah, and you're, lots- you're green white, so you get. Are you red? Is possibly. Red? Possibly. So if you have a little bit of red, you get like the best. Artifact removal out there. Yeah, and I you think you get wear and tear. You can get um, the yeah. You can also ancient grudge. You can also you just play Stony Silence. Stony like, Silence. Oh, you're white green. You just get Stony Silence. Stony Silence is you're amazing. Fine. You yeah. should be just jamming for Stony Silence anyways. Because you probably yeah. would do Affinity. So the last kind of options that I would consider here are Lagona Band Trailblazer, Lagona Band Trailblazer, which is a one white zero four heroic when it's targeted to get a plus one plus one counter on it. Okay. Um, I like this card. I've always liked this card because zero fours in modern historically just like four toughness is good. Sure. Um, against aggro decks, having this as a one drop is good. You might play this as a sideboard option, so you could side this in against aggro decks. Um, it blocks really well and gets big surprisingly fast. Like okay. if you just think about like it's a zero four. As soon as you it gets targeted twice and it's up to two six, mm-hmm. this blocks. This just will block Tarmogoyfs. Like. And it's a one drop. Right, right. It's like not going to be hard. So if you're playing things like travel preparations, another card that I think is interesting is Aurelia's Fury, right? So people don't remember this card probably. It's one red, one white X. Aurelia's Fury deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and players. Tap each creature dealt damage this way. Players dealt damage this way. Can't cast non-creature spells this turn. Okay, so X is zero, but I'm still targeting all of my creatures for zero. Even if X is two, you can silence your opponent 
Yeah. Make all your creatures big and kill a thing. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you for two mana can target every single creature on your whole side, and if you have like three or how four... How positive are you that that's exactly how that works? I'm pretty positive. This is one okay. of those things where like... The I, internet, let us know if that works or not. Yeah, if, somebody, if somebody's listening, you're like, that's definitely not true, then let me know. But the way that it's worded where it says, tap each creature dealt damage this way, leads me to believe... You can target them without doing damage to them, letting them not... Tap, yes. but you get the trigger. But uh, that is something I'm unclear on. So my point is, Dromoka's Command is another really good card with this whole thing. It's green and a white. You get two targets, potentially, of your own creatures if you need it, but it's very versatile. Sure. It acts as a removal spell on a pump spell. Um, another card that I think is very interesting here is, is Fists of the Ironwood, which is definitely a little bit loose, but if you think about what you're trying to do, as far as going wide with Phalanx Leader and pumping your team, sure. Um, it's one green, one colorless for an aura enchant creature gets trample when it enters the battlefield put two one one saplings into play how good would the like the uh the spider and the the other one i don't know what the other which the, spider the white one uh not spider it's not a spider it's a umbra the umbras go in this deck uh they're not great because they're not cheap enough so they're you one drops you're talking about hyena umbra and spider umbra yeah, I mean, you still I mean, get... The bo- they're boggle staples because they like it makes it so board wipes don't wreck you as hard. Yeah, but you would... I think if you were going to play a one-drop aura, if you were gonna, if you were going to play a one-drop aura, you better. would just play Rancor. Just, sure. just because you'd still get a trigger and it, it's trample. So on that note, why not just play... Rancor? Boggles. Well, sure, sure, sure. Obviously. Boggles is harder to... It's harder for opponents to interact with. Sure. Um, but you're trying to go over the top with one creature, whereas sure, I sure, think... Sure. Oh, and Boggles get locked out pretty much by uh, the new... Well, I guess they get trample. Yeah. Yeah, the other cool thing about this, the whole the whole idea of these all of these things triggering on target sure. means you don't actually worry about spell sky so much. They can resolve a spell sky against you and they can steal your mutagenic growth, but it doesn't you change still the get fact the target. you still get the one one counter or you still sure. get the two two creature. Um, so it actually is pretty good in that sense because of how bad boggles can be against spell skite. Right. Um, which I which I like. Uh, the whole fist of the Ironwood plan is is more in the vein. If you go with a bunch of one drops, like you can also play the uh, favorite Hoplite for one, the one two, um, and whenever he's targeted, he prevents all damage dealt to him this turn, and he gets a counter. So if you consider like fist of the Ironwood as a two drop, if you play a Crowing Crusader or that guy, like he comes down on turn two, makes your one drop bigger or makes you a one one token, gives you two more one ones. At which point on turn three, if you resolve like phalanx leader and then you just have mutagenic growth it's like okay so now i attack with my four one ones maybe you even have a gut shot as well burn two spells and attack you for like 14 on turn three right like you can do some pretty cool stuff if you go with fist of the ironwood i don't know it's this is what i mean when i say i'm not going to submit this as a deck that anybody should build necessarily unless you can come up with a better way to build it because for me it's right on the edge of just not being quite good enough uh it's just like like when I do the sample draws, I'm just not happy with the way it comes out. But I, I this is more you like you're lobbing a basketball to the community and ho- and asking some amount of help yeah. in developing this list. And this is something we can all work together on. Like I'm basically just figuring silver for partisans just a good card. That card in general That's is just true. good. And you have free spells. And I just really like the idea of getting to play four phalanx leader, four silver for partisan, four gut shot, four mutagenic growth, and then build around it. Like. Not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure like what the best method to play here is. Okay. Um, maybe Fists of the Ironwood is is like a super interesting card. Like it's, it's. I like t- a really if it really is Fury acts the way you say it does. I yeah. like that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Well, if if you can really target the whole board, right? Um, the reason I like Fists is just because like you get whatever your heroic trigger is, as well as two one ones for two mana. So you're probably like, can you like okay. 
imagine putting a, a fist of the ironwood on a phalanx leader. Like you're triggering plus one plus one for the whole board, and you're getting two additional one ones. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say on this whole this whole entire rant. Uh, obviously, these colors you probably would be playing lightning bolts and path to exiles. Um, there's like a lot of options. You can play monastery swift spear. You could be playing Nicotle. Uh Like I said, young pyromancer I think is interesting. Monastery monastery mentor is another card that kind of fits the similar bill. Um, the only issue is I just think I just like the uh, what's it called? I like the uh, silver for partisan in the deck better because swift spear can just get uh, monastery mentor can just get taken out the turn you cast it. Sure, 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 sure. Um, and you still get something out of the other guy. So, yeah, that's that idea. Let's move on to the next idea. Yeah. Um, all right, so the next list, zombies, because it's werewolves, and now zombies, werewolves and zombies. All right, this one's from Tom Aranga. Uh, I'm actually just going to read his message because the mood we're in right now. Just became a patient. I'm so happy to support the show. I've been brewing the sweet zombie deck, and I'd love for you guys to take a look. I like blue-black mainly because I have the mana base and would love some guidance as to the creature selection and sideboard, but I am open to magnanimous judgment. Some noble combos. I'm going to diagraph Colossus, Gravecrawler, and Nantukuhust, Prize Amalgam, and Jeroff's Masterpiece. Stockpile and everything. Thanks so much. All right, so looking at the list, um, right now it's playing, you know, four Gravecrawler, four Relentless Dead, one Jeroff's Messenger, one Scap Ruinator, two Leon, look, Liliana's Heretical Healer, two Nantukuhust, four Diagraph Colossus, um, four prized amalgam, one Garoff's masterpiece, one great merchant of Asphaled, uh, four Thoughtsies, three Necromancer's stockpile, four compelling deterrence, uh, three gifts ungiven, um, lands, uh, Ghost Quarter, Island, Westvale, Abbey of the One of, two Cavernous Souls, Drag Counter Gomes, Nykthos, Watery Gave, Polluted Delta, and a bunch of sweet sideboard cards. All right, so first off, talking about the new cards, prized amalgam, card sweet, everyone should try them out. Got to try him and judge mine at some point. But Garrow's Masterpiece is kind of the other new card here. And I actually really like them in these kind of zombie decks, especially if you're doing stuff um, where you can have some type of discard outlet with him or use him as that discard outlet. You can gain so much value by just ditching Grave Crawlers. I do think I know that it's technically not a zombie, but this is a deck definitely that Bloodgast has a home in. It works so well with so many of your cards. And a lot of your cards can kind of get away with um, taking advantage of it. And the other thing I would say is you probably want more Grey Merchants and more Garros Messengers. You probably can pick up Orborg right now for not as... Ex I mean, it's still expensive because of the Eldrazi hype train, but I think it's gone down. So now is the time to kind of maybe think about picking it up, especially if Eldrazi doesn't do anything with the card in the future. Because with Garros Messenger you can do a lot of cool things uh, with Grey Merchant and just get in a lot of damage. Um, I kind of, that's kind of like, on that note, I don't love Scab Ruinator. I think it just is a worse Garrof's Messenger masterpiece because you have to exile so many things from your graveyard and almost all of these things you want to keep in your graveyard. Um, the other interesting things, I think Gifts might be a little, be okay, but I think you can get better with, um, what's, the, what's the zombie enchantment where you discard two cards and get a 2-2? Two -two? Where you discard two cards and you get a two-two zombie. It's an enchantment, one black. Zombie infestation. Zombie infestation. Yeah. I think I think gifts could be zombie infestation just because 
or actually, really, I think Necromancer Stockpile should be zombie infestation. It lets you discard your grave crawlers that you're going to get value back on. It lets you use Relentless Dead. It lets you take advantage of all these cards that are good in your graveyard. That it's worth kind of playing that game, I think. Would hmm. you agree? Um, and then I do want to say that I love the Westvale Abbey, and I almost want to say you need to play five. That's one of the reasons I said Blood Gas would be really good in this deck, yeah. and it's not there already. If you can get just the Blood Gas plus Grave Crawlers plus Prize Amalgrams, like all in the play, and then just sack the Westvale's Abbey to them every turn, that's right. really sick. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Like, I zombies play really well with Westvale Abbey. Obviously, I I still think that in I don't know. I'm just I, I need to just on tur- if on turn five you have Westvale. I guess turn six, you have Westfield Abbey. Yeah. And like by turn six in zombies, you better have five creatures. And the problem with zombies is, is often they don't have a way kind of close it out because they're all like two, two ground pounders that get locked out by Tarmogoyf. Right. But like if you're now able to sack them for a gigantic giant attacking. nine, seven flying lifelink. Is it nine, seven or seven, nine? I'm not sure, but either one Vail. is really good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> also has lifelink and like, yeah, no, I think it's definitely something to try into. So yeah, like the big change. I mean, keep in mind, you also have to hit. You're saying on turn six, that means that you've hit a land drop every turn. By the sure, way. sure, but like the point is that you're. This is a land. It costs you nothing. Yeah, it's a nine seven. And you're not really playing that many other man lands. Like I don't think. Um, this is like a tribal deck that Mutavault's not just going to be amazing in. Yeah, true. Because like, you can't get it out from the graveyard. It's not a zombie in your graveyard, so what's it really right, doing right, for you? Right, 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 right. Where like, because like you're playing Diagraph Glasses, which seems really sweet, especially if you're discarding stuff the zombies. Like, I think there's just a lot of cool things. I really like Diagraph Glasses. Yeah, card he's was really like sweet. Right on that card was like right on the uh, the edge of being where I wanted it for our top tens. Sure. I think that card was sweet. I mean, I've been talking a while now for Dreadvine's list, how good um, Splinter Freight is, and this does a lot of really similar things. Of just, it's like a yeah. giant three drop. Yep. And the bigger your three drop, the better. So funny how good three drops just generally are in modern. There's so yeah, well, many they're, good they're, they're three like, drops. They're like power level. Yeah, it's really sick. That's why, like, I, I was talking about Scabruinator and cutting it. I don't think it's worth it, but I do think your off's messengers are. Especially if you're playing the Great Merchant plan. I think you go up to two Great Merchants. And Five you, drop. In modern. Yeah, but you win when you cast it. You literally win when it comes into play. I hear that. I hear that. Um, And like, that's why you want, you know, you know, you want all of the the pips from Garrosh Messenger, Relentless Dead, Bloodgasts. Right. That's a lot of very easy life gain to get from that. And like, the things I would cut, I don't like Gifts Ungiven. Um, I don't love Necromancer Stockpile. Um, as I said, I'm not a big fan of Scab Ruinator. I almost even want to say you could probably get away with just one Liliana of the Veil. I don't know how much I hate playing one Gifts. I think Gifts is clever in this deck yeah, because sure. you, get you get so get much value, value out of your graveyard. Sure, 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 sure. Um, like, it ends up... If you just get, like, Garrosh Masterpiece, Gramer, like, Garrosh's Masterpiece, Prize Amalgram, even, like, Gravecrawler and, and um, yeah, Bloodgast, that's just, like... It, yeah, it's it's definitely sure, one of those sure, things sure. where you're you don't have to use gifts in that in that backwards way where you're going two cards in the yard. It's you definitely get some value out of actually playing gifts and and getting right. you know playing it correctly. On, on your note, by the way, in the Westville Abbey, as far as mana, this deck is also playing two Nykthos, hmm, which okay. I do think is. Pr- I think you go down to one Nykthos and two Abbey, maybe, and maybe that's the real play. I'm telling you, like one of two things is going to happen. This deck definitely needs Urborg, though. I'm going to either get even looking at what your list looks like, you need like two or board minimum. I'm either going to play against Westville Abbey a couple times and get totally blown out 
and I'm going to be like, all hail, this card's amazing. Or <laughs> I'm going to play it in a deck because I get convinced that it's good, and I'm going to lose in a tournament, and I'm going to be like, I swear to never play this card again. But there's no way it's going to lose you the game. <laughs> it's just a land that produces value. Yeah, I mean, I just... Like, yeah. well, think of it this way. The green, white, tap, make a token. Right. That's a card. This is... The green, white, tap, make a token? Yeah, it's a land. Oh, you're talking about the one from, the one from Ravnica? Yeah, yeah, the one from Ravnica. Way back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Grain standard, good in other formats. Doesn't see play in modern. I'll yep. give you that. But this is like much better. Partly sure. because it goes in decks that don't have access to token making like that. This in like a, a deck that like just needs something for late game, just value that it gets. That it can, it can, I now have a late game plan that I can get to if I need to. From a land. Yeah, I mean, it is true. Like they're historically, anytime they've ever printed overpowered things on lands it's usually a problem right it's usually good if it's good on land the other thing is it's not legendary so they don't you can play as many as you want right and lastly this land like minimum like well what's the cost like i guess the point is like the other thing things are good are things that are good early and good late this is good early and good late because early it's a land yeah (laughs) i mean the plan taps yeah late it's Possibly an, a hasty nine seven. Worst case scenario, it's an expensive bitter blossom. Can you? Are you sure that it's hasty? You can play yeah, it, it and sack. Haste. It has haste. When it flips, it has haste. I think it has haste when it flips. Okay, you keep talking. I'll look. In fact, I'm pretty sh- like I'm almost positive it has haste just from the perspective of they like doing that now for cards that are weird because they don't want you to get confused. It does have haste. It doesn't matter. It's a land, so like yeah. it, it'll most likely be hasty anyways. Because yeah, unless you play it that turn. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And that's why they do it because it's confusing sometimes. Yes, when yes, that yes, kind of happens. Um. All right. I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I love. I would love to see a zombies list be competitive in modern. It's very cool. Like we I also. Haven't... I also don't know if you want four relentless dead. I think relentless dead is good, but I think this is more of a two of than a four of. I'd rather have more blood gas than two relentless studs. Well, yeah. Relentless dead. Relentless dead in this deck plays differently than it should. Relentless dead plays really, really well. In a really aggressive zombies deck, that's the, that this is pretty aggressive, especially if you do the the game plan with uh, um, the zombie sack enchantment that I can never remember what it's called. Zombie, zombie infestation because like you, that's discarding cards though. Sure, but you discard a bunch of blood gas yeah. and grave crawlers, and then you just play a land and you get all the blood gas back that then bring right. back like a prize the Malgram that then lets you get your grave crawlers back. That's like a turn three. What are the best? What are the best uh, one drop zombies? There's there's the, there's the diagram like, pool right. There's Diagraph Ghoul, there's Gravecrawler, there's... Diagraph Ghoul's bad. The only one you can th- I can think of that's okay is the one that has Unearth. The one that has Unearth. It's a 2-1 for... It's a 2-drop for... It's a, it's, a, it's a bear, or right. a piker, goblin piker. Right. One black colorless for a 2-1, but you can uh, unearth it for one black. Got it. And it's kind of was the old way, and now that prize amalgam exists, it doesn't... You keep calling it amalgam. What is it? It's amalgam. 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 Okay. <laughs> Burp, 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 burp. <laughs> All right, so that's that's kind of what I have to say about the list. Do you have do you have any other notes like any sweet zombie cards that we're not thinking of? I don't know how much Nantuku. I guess Nantuku Husk is sweet. It's just expensive for a three drop, and you'll yeah, just get blown it out. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, do, I actually don't love Nantuku Husk. It doesn't do what you want. It's to do so bad against Lightning Bolt when the rest of your deck is so makes Lightning Bolt so bad that right. having this bright red target for removal seems really dangerous. Yeah. Um, I definitely think yeah, like get rid of the scabs. Get get rid of the husk. Get rid of Scab Ruinator. Um, go down on Relentless Dead. Go down on Gifts, but not down all the way. And then and get rid of Necromancer Stockpile. And then just like up the game on blood uh, blood gasts on Zombie Infestation. Like yeah. two Zombie Infestation, four right. Blood Gast. Um, 
up your Garrosh messengers, go to two Gray Merchants, and your deck could be very, very scary. Gray Merchants is one of those cards where it it it's counterintuitive to put a lot of faith in it in modern because it's sorcery speed five drop. But as we remember from standard and also what this deck does and what zombies do is that they will grind you to a point in the game where the, where the battlefield is relatively even and you do want a haymaker because sure. you run the top end on zombies does run out. Like it's recursive engines are great, but if you're well, not this getting, this also has, this has four thought and four compelling deterrents. So it has some amount of hand disruption and like, yeah. creature removal. So you have a way to survive to that five drop position. Yeah, exactly. And like when you cast this as a five drop in this deck, especially you should be just dumbing them for 10. Yeah. Completely. Game. Yeah, so I'm I'm into that. I think uh, I think that's a good. And you have cavernous souls, so like you're not getting blown up by counter spells. Counter spells, yeah, because you're naming zombies, so you're fine. How does this deck do against um, against sort of the meat combo? Does it have like... not bad? I mean, like zo- like sort of the meat combo is slow. And you can get. Thopper, I think this has a problem with the time C versions, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, but, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you get Thoughtseize part of it. You have some answer to it. Like the, they're. Sort of makes not going to kill you quickly, and this like can grind them out. Right. Yes, they can start just blocking all your dudes when you crack in, but like all your guys are so resistant. I do actually do think this has a pretty decent game against it, hmm. just partly because of Great Merchant. I think that's why Great Merchant is important because it. it's a nice way to go over, and you can get a really aggressive start with this deck. I'm trying to think like what the most aggressive is, but I think it's just like turn one Grave Crawler, right? Turn two Zombie Infestation, discarding. So that at point that point you have. So there's three, four cards in play. You've drawn two, so you have five cards. Discarding, Bloodgast, Prize Amalgam, Prize Amalgam, Prize Amalgam, and Prize Amalgam. Just all that. Sure. And then just play a land on your next turn. And Bloodgast comes back. You have you have two, two, two zombies, three, three, threes, and a, yeah. So Prize Amalgam, let me just read the text on this card. Wait, really. how much is that? One, two, three, four. I think you named five Prize Amalgams, maybe. <laughs> no, it should be three anyways, because you need a land. Uh, <laughs> this is a weird hole to go down. Um, but still, it sounds sick. I'm down with this deck. Yeah, I mean, Prize Amalgam. That's, that's Prize a lot of damage on turn three. Yeah, well, you're not, Prize Amalgam's not attacking, though, on turn three. No, sure. Yeah, so sure. it's, I mean, turn four, it represents a lot of damage. They can still, they can still do something by turn sure, four. Sure, 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 sure. They can just wrap it if they're playing some control deck. Yeah, yeah, which is more common yeah. nowadays. But yeah. Bloodgast. Bloodgast Actually, is Wrath is terrible against you. That's another reason to play this deck. Because you get everything back. Yeah, because I mean, just yeah. like... True. Like, good Wrath, bro, and then you just... Yeah, play no, land. that is true. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I think, I think you're right about the Bloodgasts. Go up on the Bloodgasts. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just important for this deck. Yeah. It sucks that they're vampires, but it's fine. Yeah. I mean, definitely it's, it's off. Because, I mean, the other like the other way you could try to take zombies if you're going to try to go a little more traditional is you could go with like the Lord's plan. How many how many zombie lords are there? There's, there's a chunk, but they're all three drops. There's yeah. no two drop There's lords, the blue-black 2-2, two, two, right? There's the blue-black 2-2 two, two from Innistrad, Diagraph Captain. There's like Lord of the Undead or something. Yeah, is like a three, uh, three, all three? skeletons and zombies. zombies and one other thing get plus one, plus one. And is there also like zombie? There's like one more, I think. Yeah, I think there's one more. But they're all three Yeah, drops. yeah, there's like two more. There's the zombie guy who you can tap to make zombies. Yeah, but they're all three drops, which is not good enough for modern. Right. Yeah. So this is you, definitely you can, the way You can go. get away with one three drop that combos. Merrowry. <laughs> I get the feeling that this, and Merrowry, if you've played Merfolk, you know how ridiculously good but the untapped is. a combo card. Yeah. For all its purposes, that card costs two. Yeah. Um, I will say that I think, I don't think that this deck 
will be will be competitive enough in this environment. And the reason is because a lot of what you're doing... Oh, I completely forgot. Sorry, continue. I was going to say, a lot of what you're doing here, the sort of recursive, recursive engine type of stuff, mm-hmm. is not getting you through. It doesn't push damage through. You're, well, you, that's why I think Gray Merchant's great. So yeah, Gray Merchant Messenger gets you get it done. But aside from that, it's... Yeah, but you go wide. Like, there's so... Like, eventually, yeah, if you're swinging true. every turn with, like, six creatures... It's true. How many decks can block six creatures on turn... Well, because if they get thought if they get thopper combo, they just beat you. No, but but that's you're still getting in with two creatures a turn, and you're getting stuff, and you're trying to get. And at that point, you're going for the great merchant plan. Yeah, true. Um, I do think that there was one other thing. Oh, 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 the new land, Draenor Temple. I think you need to play at least one because of the blood gas. Because if you bring the blood gas in, like literally everything in the deck can then just be bought from your graveyard. Yeah, that's sweet. And also, if you're if you go with the zombie infestation plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, get it back. Sweet. Seems good. Next deck. Next deck. Ready? You ready? Yeah. Oh, so so first off, thanks, Aranga, Tom. Thanks, Tom Aranga. Yeah, thanks, Super man. Super appreciated. Deck was sweet. Yeah. Super exciting. You're a Patreon dude. We appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you should you're we like our favorite type of dude? Yeah. Should we talk about your deck or Matthew deck? Robertson's deck? Let's let's do Matthew Robertson's deck. Okay. I'm going to talk about Matthew Robertson's deck. Guys, here's a brew I've been working on. Yeah, yeah. The thing in the ice. As with most things, it looks best in team or colors. The thing about the thing is that its drawback doesn't much matter to haste critters. I thought about Ancestral Visions, but as sweet as drawing three cards is, I'm not convinced that it is fast enough, especially if there's an uptick in cards like Remand and Delay. Um, so here's the list. 12 creatures, four Goblin Guide, four Monastration of Spear, and you guessed it, four Thing in the Ice. Um, a pretty standard suite of lands. It looks like he's playing three, seven, 11, 13, 15, only 18 lands. Um, but that is because the deck just plays all of the spells, um, and they're all cheap. So two Faithless Looting, four Snag, four Manamorphose, a Teamer Battle Rage, Become Immense, two Vines of the Vastwood, two Fork Bolt, four Lightning Bolt, two Spell Pierce, two Vapor Snag, four Probe, and four Mutagenic Growth. So we will post this list as is on the Rocket Jump page for you guys to review. Oh yeah, same as the zombie list. First thought, this needs visions, and also... Sure. So, needs- so in response to his visions comment, yes, the metagame is going to be a little bit more resistant to the card visions as it normally is. Yes. But Faith is Looting seems sweet. Yeah, <laughs> I think what you probably do here is... Also, that card is like, yes, against some opponents, it's going to not work, but against the ones that are going to like really hurt you because they'll have creature removal for your thing in the ice and your your, your minimal threats. Like, right. It lets you just refill back to more threats. Yeah, I mean, it's a little it's a little funky here, right? So, like, the first thing you notice is that there's there's two forked... Or, or, I'm sorry, there's two spell pierces and no other counter magic, which is, like, I just don't know how important it is to have two copies of spell pierce in this deck unless you're going to have more than two. I like, like Roman more anyways. Yeah. Like I think you, Roman just... It draws you into more spells... It will stop the visions of your opponent and generally decks that have a lot of removal. Yeah. It'll let you buy the time you need. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on the whole efficiency thing. I definitely like cards that cost one more than cards that cost two. I'm talking with you, Matthew yeah, Robertson. Yeah. Um, and Spell Pierce is awesome. And the idea of just getting your opponent sometimes, like just having it. Uh, on that note, I also think Goblin Guide is a mistake here. And okay. it should be Young Pyromancer. Interesting. Young Pyromancer, yes, it's a two drop. Yep. I get it. But like the rest of your deck, if you land it and you you have any way of casting more spells, 
You go wide so you fast. You go wide so quickly. It's it's kind of like your thing. Then you have like four thing in life, four young pyromancer, and both of them work really well. But in his similar theory, ways. Matthew's theory though, is that if you go wide with your you go wide with your pyromancer, you make all your tokens that turn, and then your thing flips and it returns all the tokens and the pyromancer to your hand to attack. If you flip a thing, you're winning. And if you have that many young that's pyromancer not tokens, true. you that's just keep cracking and not, not cracking true. Spells. Flipping thing is sweet, but like you flip it and then they just path it. Or you're like you flip it and they like I don't know. I'm, I don't think that's entirely true. I get the reasoning, but I also think that right, like sometimes overt power level is worth the like weird awkward position you might be in sometimes where you don't want to flip your thing. Yeah, I mean I get that because also if you have if you have turn two pyromancer, but you don't have thing in the ice, and then you turn three, like you get like six more power on the table. I mean, with the way this is set up with four mutagenic growth, four Gataxian probe, and four metamorphose, right. you could very easily have a turn on turn three where you get a billion power. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you there, I guess. And, like, e- the situation where you're like, oh, I have my thing in this, or I have my young pyromancer. Well, then you just swing with your young pyromancer if they can... If you need to flip your thing in the ice, yeah. then you swing with your young pyromancer and they and they it dies because they'll trade and then you flip your thing in the ice and you punish them for it. Yeah, I mean there's definitely there's definitely a thing that's happening here. No no pun intended. It's a where, removal, right? Uh, uh, yeah, there's four lightning bolts. I mean the, the weird here's like the weird card choices to me. This is what jumps out. Okay, first of all, eighteen lands is cheap, but I get it. You're playing a lot of ways to to get yeah, to. I think that's fine. I think that's fine. Um, you're, the you're, what's the most expensive card is a two drop, and two everything drop. else is free. <laughs> so that jumps out at me. The second thing is you're only so so here's become immense, but mm, you're playing two copies of Faithless Looting, one Teamer Battle Rage, one Become Immense, two Spell Pierce. Those are those are the ones that jump out at me as strange. So Actually, you know what I'm thinking. Uh, well, for, we have six vapor snags, but I think vapor snag needs to be. There's six uh, vapor snags. Oh yeah, it's in here twice. Uh, I think he mentions that, but I, I do think that the one of the easy fixes of that is the the thing you talked about, the protect a creature from a color in, or yeah, that one. The one I was talking about. So so like no 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 apostles blessing apostles blessing yeah, sorry yeah. sorry apostles blessing in this deck seems really good because of abrupt decay like this deck is really loose to abrupt decay but if you have like one card that costs one mana to kind of get them sometimes you would just it's play really more good. copies of vines he's got he's got vines in here he's got vines in there he's got two copies of vines I think you would just play more vines yeah either play more vines or you oh, could yeah, play you're right, you're right, you're right. you could either play more I vines, vines I thought yeah or you could play ranger's guile which is good too but but vines is better against your opponent's creatures because you can use vines uh, you can use vines against infect. Um, defensively so they can't target their own things sure 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 um so i probably would just play more vines if i was gonna do it um i don't i don't know i i, I guess the one teamer battle rage and no, the one become immense that, that, that yeah i was changes gonna say my tune the one become immense and the one teamer battle rage like those are just both entirely because you have thing in the ice and you just want to flip it and just win right that's the idea yeah they're both just really good you just figure you just but just they're also really good together if you draw two you're like going to win right 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 like both of those on a one one token is 14 damage. <laughs> yeah, you almost look at this list and you're like, you could kind of shape this towards the Death Shadow Zoo lists if you played the lands right. You could just like replace one of the early creatures. like. With, but then you start with a Swiss Spear and get rid of Goblin Guide and put Young Pyromancer and Death Shadow in there and just... Yeah, it's like different though. It's a different deck. I don't know. I mean, I'm into this. I, th- I do think that because of the Faithless Lootings, um, you just up to four Faithless Lootings. I don't know that you have to play necessarily four Visions. Maybe play four visions. I just the thing is drawing visions in the middle of a storm chain to try to is so bad that if you don't have the fifth, yeah, it lets you get through, I guess, and it does do damage to them. I like vapor snag in this deck. No, no, I said, oh, visions. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Visions. I, no, I think visions is good. 
I just think it's just I, generally good. Because I think Jun's going to be a deck that's going to show up a lot more often because it's so good yeah. against artifact decks. There's going to be so many grindy control decks that having a way to refill your hand with just ways to keep going. Yeah. I do think Faithless Looting is important in the deck. Right. Because you can discard your extra Faithless your extra visions. Right. And I'd even say like, it's, and it's probably too expensive and so never mind. But, go, you know, Goblin Dark Dwellers maybe out of the side with some extra lands. Yeah. Maybe make your deck a little bit grindier. I get that. It's not the worst idea. Also out of the side because you have some kind of the storm plan, maybe like, is there enough for it empty the warrens you think? Like a one Maybe. I mean, I, I, you have the 12, you have the 12 free spells. So, right. Like, you could, I mean, if you just, if you just get to hit empty the warrens for, for storm two, and you get six one ones for four mana. It might be enough to just win. I, I do. I do sort of think that if you're going to go with the young pyromancer plan, I don't know. There, there might be a better or more correct card that goes wide and like plus pluses up your whole board sure. by one or something like that. Um, I'm not sure what that card would be in this deck, but oh, you know, it would probably be. Are you playing? Do you have access? Yeah, you could be playing a Tarkus command. You could play like one or two of a Tarkus command. Oh, okay. That might be... Yeah, like, I like a one of a target, especially if you go with the Young Pyromancer plan. If you go with the because, Young Pyromancer plan. Because then you can give plus one, plus one to all your one ones and just wreck yeah, them. Yeah, and three. Like, yeah, three yeah. damage plus, like... That seems pretty sweet. Um, young Pyromancer is just a sweet card. That's sure. good. And you can kind of ritual it with it, too, because you can use plus one, plus one everything and then play a land. Yeah. And then you can use that land to play another spell and just keep getting there. Exactly. Cool. All right, so... Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the, the gist of it. I do love the idea of playing the one of... Oh, and then the sideboard... Spreading seas, he's claim. Arlen Cord. There's the one Arlen Cord in the sideboard. I love it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if Arlen Cord, like one of sideboard. Like, I, I guess I see where you're going. Like, just be grindier. Every single. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely like that as like just an answer to grind decks. It, it's really good against Abrupt Decay. Yeah. Because it's four drop. <laughs> yeah. Abrupt Decay's weakness. And technically, it's good against Jund on top of that because it's good against uh, Inquisition or Coastal Life, too. Right. For the same reason. Yep. So, yeah. I don't, I don't hate it. Yep. Um, but, you know, with sideboards, something I always recommend, especially in brews, is always make sure when you add a sideboard card, you know the cards you're taking. Like, say you add a sideboard card for a matchup or a few matchups, yeah. know the exact cards you're taking out in those matchups. Yeah, yeah. Because exactly. otherwise you shouldn't be in your sideboard. Yeah, always run out of time. So make sure all the cards you have in your sideboard, like I, I see Tarmogoyfs here, and I'm not exactly sure where those Tarmogoyfs would be great matchup-wise. Yeah. And there might be a reason, I just don't know them. Okay. Um, all right, one last list. Thank you. Thank you to Mr. Robertson, uh, Matthew Robertson. We appreciate you submitting a deck, and we will continue to read sure. your deck submissions and anyone else who wants to submit that is on the Patreon. So let's keep going. All right, so I got a spicy brew. Okay. And it's, and it's tested. I've, I've played it against decks. This is your Tezzeret list? Yeah, this is the Tezzerator it's list. A sweet list. So, yes. for all who don't know, okay. Thopter, Boundary, and Sword of the Meek is a combo. As is yes. Spellskite, as is Engineered Explosives plus Academy Ruins, as is Teleria West for Academy Ruins, as is all the hotness. All right, so basically the deck, the way it works is it's playing all six Tezzerets. It's playing four, or sorry, it's playing five. It's playing three Tezzeret Agent of Bullis. Oh, you, you, cho you chopped it down? Yeah, after I chopped it to the one. After yeah, we had yeah. the six conversation, you were yeah, tackling six, like a madman. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, was I actually pretty fine, six. but there was a lot of times I would desk and it would just, like, my hand would be glutton with Tezzerets. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with the two different ones. I'm fine with playing Tezzeret Agent of Bolas, drawing a card, and then making a 5-5 five, five creature, or making a 5 card creature, or whatever, and then just casting Tezzeret after that. But Tezzeret the Seeker literally lets, like, if you can untap with it, you win the game. So the way this deck works is it plays Time Sieve. Hmm. For those who don't know, 
it just bumped up expense-wise. But time save is a blue and a black for an artifact. Sacrifice five artifacts, take an extra turn after this one, right. and you tap it. So the way this works with Thopter Foundry and Sword of the Meek is if you have time save, Sword of the Meek, and Thopter Foundry, right. and five open mana, you have infinite turns. That's how it works? It's an actual infinite combo? Yeah, because you make five tokens. Right. Technically, I think actually you can do it with four mana. So you make... Four tokens, you sacrifice the sword and the four tokens, right. get an extra turn, untap. Make four tokens, sack the sword, sure. sack them, get an extra turn. Do it again and again and again and again, and your opponent never untaps. So this is why Time Steve jumped the price that it did? Yes. It's like 20 and, bucks And now. Tezzeret, so the, the way it goes, I'm playing four Sword of the Meek, four Thopter Foundry, so if I get Tezzeret... Wait, what happened, Tezzeret, what happened to the sweet, the, uh, the what's it called, plan? The equipment searcher. Oh, that's in that's in a different deck. Oh, that's in the other deck. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, blue white red. Enough. Got it. Yeah, got it. that's a different brew. That we'll talk about <laughs> yeah, in the future. Different time. You only let me do one today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna go through the list so far. So in the threat category, we have three hangerback walker. Okay. Two time sieve. Yep. Four sword of the meek. Okay. Four thopter foundry. Yep. And three tesseract agent of bliss. How many mox opals is the deck playing? Two. Okay. Two. Okay. So as far as ramp goes, you have two mox opals. Three Talisman of Dominance, which is generally better than Demir Signet, and then one Demir Signet. Okay. Uh, that's like a life gain constraint, and I'm actually not 100% sure which one I for sure like better, though I like Talisman more because you can kind of use it to keep playing spells. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'm usually of the belief that Talismans are underplayed. And, and this deck has so many colorless cards that the life loss is not as detrimental. Right. Um, you have, as far as... Uh, Interaction. So what's really interesting with this deck is because you have Tezzerets, you can, and you have like a decent amount of card draw that I will get to, you can play a lot of one of good spells. Um, so two spell skates. Yes. One ensnaring bridge. Yeah. Which just wrecks Merfolk. Yeah. Which is a problem normally because you're a blue player, but ensnaring bridge wrecks them. Yeah. So the cool thing about ensnaring bridge also is with Thopter Foundry combo, you, they can't attack you, but you can attack them because you can draw a card, attack with all your one ones, and then play it. And then they can't get in. Right. Um, and this because this deck has so much mana ramp, like it's playing seven mana ramp spells. Yeah. And only one in Snaring Bridge. So normally you're really casting your Snaring Bridge off of playing a Tezzeret. Right. So like generally your hand is pretty empty. And your your bigger problem isn't like an army. It's a bunch. It's like big dudes. So stopping a big dude from killing you is really important. Um, back to removal. Engineered Explosives. Another one of your favorites. Another one of my favorites. And what's cool about that is literally just Academy Ruins and Engineer Explosives beats like 50% of the field. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and then Tolerio West lets you tutor for parts of that combo. Right. Which you play two of. Um, Pithing Needle. Another sweet card. Just good. It's like the only way you can beat Tron. Well, it's also good against... I mean, it's Everything. bad. It's bad against your own Sword of the Meat combo, but sure. it's good against their Sword of the Meat combo. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but you can sack it. You can sack it. Well, nah, yeah, you can't. You well, can, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can sack your own sort of... You can sack it with time sieve. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then it turns theirs back on. Um, Slaughter Pact. Sweet. So that's a, a, definitely a Tolerio West. So if people don't know what Tolerio West does because it's not a card that everyone really knows. It was in the Amulet Bloom decks, but it's uh, a land. comes to play tapped, produces one blue mana, but you can transmute it for one and two blue, and you can search for any zero drop. Yeah, so Slaughter Pact is a spell you can get with it. Yep. And you can also, it's one of the, it's really important partly because you can play it after, like it's basically a sorcery speed three drop removal spell but right. that you can use as a tutor. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, okay, decks that do this sort of thing are generally a little slow. Like the whole Teleria West into Slaughter Pack thing has been a thing that's existed for a long time. Sure. We've both brewed with it. It's very fun. It makes you feel really clever to do. It is often a little bit slow. Same with the Academy Ruins loops. Like these are all like a dinky dunk, fun blue black sure, things. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but they, yeah, well, well, it remains to be seen. I would, say, I would say the Engineer Explosive Academy Ruin loop is not. That's like a very powerful thing. Just you have to have a reason to be playing Academy Ruins. You just don't see it very often in, in top of your decks. You just almost never see Academy it. Because Academy Ruins hasn't seen that much play in, yes. in modern. Because there hasn't been really a reason to other than Engineer Explosives. But now, yeah. There is. Because yeah. Academy Ruins... So the, importance, the other important part of Academy Ruins is it lets you get back parts of your combo if they get rid of it. Right. Which is really important. Um, Executioner's Capsule, literally just an artifact removal spell that Tezzeret can find. Yeah. Both Tezzerets. Like the, the one thing to keep in mind is with Tezzeret... Um, Agent of Bullis, who yep. his plus, which is reveal top five cards, get an artifact. Yep. Just maximum artifacts is important here. Yeah, you need to have a high density so you can always hit. And I'm already playing like the, the five planeswalkers and then four card draw spells. So right. Two thirst for knowledge. Low thirst for knowledge. <laughs> yeah, so good. Instant speed, draw three cards, discard an artifact or discard two cards. Yeah. Really good. Excellent. Uh, Serum Visions as a, a two of. Yep. Uh, good with the um, amulets. Yep. Or not the amulet, the. Um, Decent with Amulet, but better with the Talismans? Yes. Because you can on turn two Talisman into, into Serum Visions. I still think playing any deck with two Serum Visions is weird. It still feels weird to me, but... It's it's purely off of a... It's a 2-2 split between that and, and um, Thirst for Knowledge. Thirst for Knowledge. It's cheaper than Thirst for Knowledge, but not as good as Thirst for Knowledge. I get that. And But thirst, but it's cheaper. Like it, you, you have to balance it. I'd rather play four Thirst for Knowledge, but my deck is already high in curve, and having a low drop is important, but having too many non-artifacts is not good. I would almost be inclined to say cut down. I would almost be inclined to say find a way to cut down thirst to one, play four serum visions, and then find other cards to cut to make up for it, or something. I just it just feels weird to me if you're going to play serum visions. You want to have visions on turn one almost every single time. No, it's a, it's better in a late as a late game thing here because you Is want it? to be searching for the combo piece you don't have. Got it's it. not as much of a setup. It's more of a oh need I need to find the thing I need hmm. and and being cheap in the early game is nice. You decided to stay away from the sweet, sweet Pentad Prism into Tezzeret plan? Yeah, I ditched the Pentad Prism. <laughs> That's such a sweet idea. Um, and then last but not least, two Tezzeret the Seeker. Literally, most likely, by the time you can cast a five drop, you've drawn a piece of your combo. Be it Thopter, be it Foundry, be it Time Sieve. Right. You then, and probably cast it. So you play Tezzeret, you find one of the other pieces. Sure. And then you're tapped out. So, if te- But if Tezzeret survives, you you win the game. Right. Because he tutors for the other half. So Tezzeret comes out at four mana, so he gets two two-drop searches, and it's really, really good. Always been a big fan of Tezzeret. Always yeah. thought he was super sweet. Um, um, the fact there's rarely been... Uh, there's rarely been in modern a combo or like infinite combo that is two artifacts. Um, sure. It's usually an artifact and something, which is why this card hasn't been like widely adopted. Obviously, right. this is going to see a lot more play now because it can get both halves of this combo. Right, right. Um, the other yeah. card that I considered is uh, Clank Ironworks. Ironworks. Clark Clan Ironworks. Yeah, yeah, because it goes infinite mana. Yeah. With the combo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. I'm not playing it. Yeah. Because it's a four, four drop. Yeah. But I could see the reason to do so. You could play one or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I like Time Seed better. Yeah, it's Time Seed is definitely sweeter. Sweeter. <laughs> so I already talked about Academy Runes and Tolerate Rest as far as lands go. Yep. Two Creeping Tarpit. Yep. Mana fixing and a creature. Is that I, card like twenty five dollars now? Did I see that? Yeah, it's not cheap. Jeez. Uh. For Darksteel Citadel, yep. so the other thing on Tezzeret Agent Bolas, and the reason Tezzeret Agent Bolas is really important 
is yes, your combo can win, but there's a lot of graveyard hate out there. There's a lot of way to stop it. Scavenging news is a huge problem. Tezzeret Agent of Bullis offers you a different out of attacking. Yep. So this allows you to attack without using your graveyard. It does still use an artifact, but a Dark Sea Citadel is indestructible with yep. Tezzeret, so it's definitely a powerful move. Um, two Ink Moth Nexuses. Yep. Uh, once again, another Tezzeret play, another but it's a slightly Tezzeret better. Yeah, play. yeah. Um, it's better against something like Stony Silence. Yeah. Um, and it just lets you kill them in two hits instead of five yep. or four. Um, a bunch of lands. Yeah. That are sweet. Uh, and then the the one thing I do want to point out on the sideboard, uh, and there's you know there's a a lot of it is interaction, and then there's a few different tutor targets like Sun Droplet or Chalice of the Void or Neil Spellbomb. But the important thing is an Ashiok, a Tassiger, and um, an Ashiok and a Tassiger. Yeah. Because you want in your sideboard plan something against graveyard hate. Right. And just sense. having threats that graveyard hate isn't good against is good. Sure. Or not graveyard hate. Just hate against your deck isn't good against is probably a benefit. Hangerback Walker is so sweet in this deck. Yeah. Hangerback Walker is super sweet because of the counters. And then when Tezzeret turns it into a 5 5, the counters stay on the 5 yep. 5. Um, that's awesome. It also is great with time sieve. Like I've definitely like early time sieved because I had just some thopters out and yeah, this guy and I sack them and then I get an extra get turn a bunch and of get one to the buy. Yeah. 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 Super, super, super good. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. The deck seems like it's really fun. There's another, there's another direction. There's a bunch of lists out there. Well, and you can take Tezzeret in a different direction. So my, my Tezzeret list, I, we won't talk about now, but my Tezzeret list is older, but is, it's just playable now, not necessarily because of the combo, but more just because of the formats in a different place. And you can just play Tezzeret decks now. Um, you can, and I would almost suggest that as a sideboard plan here, you can go with the the Tezzeret Dark Seal Citadel and Soul Artifact plan, which is its, sure. its own more aggressive version, um, which I'm a big fan of, and I just think is just generally pretty awesome. It's once again just another non-artifact spell. Right. And actually, like I'm seeing a lot of lists online trying to do Tezzerator, and they're playing Jace's, or they're playing Liliana of the Veils, yeah. or they're playing um, Ancestral Visions, and I think all three cards are wrong. Hmm. Um, I think Liliana of the Veil might be decent, but I also don't think how I don't know how great she is right now. Sure, just from the perspective of she's really bad against Lofter Foundry combo, and she's really bad against Instructional Visions. Both of those cards are really good against Liliana of the Veil. Yeah, because like, sure, because like Liliana of the Veil could lock you out, but if you get your Ancestral Visions off, you're fine. And if she makes you discard your ancestral visions that you have in your hand, it's fine. And the other, the other part. So I, I will build mine, and we will talk about it later. But the other super cool thing you can be doing with Tezzeret Agent of Bolas is if you are playing the Insol Artifact plan, you can stuff your deck with four Mishra's Bobbles, and then you have the super super cool thing of looking at the top four cards of your library on a plus one, drawing a bobble, playing it, and sacking it, so it actually effectively is a double draw the next turn off of the activation, or gives you the ability to play a zero a single draw because it can't chips. No, I'm saying, but like you get two draws the next turn. But I'm saying, as opposed oh. to drawing a card on four and not being able to play the card and having to wait on it. Sure, 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 and sure. And then sure. also, because it's a zero drop, if you do have that hand with the console artifact in hand, you can attack on turn two for five. Um, right, 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 right. By playing the zero on turn one. So it, that's like. Yeah, a, yeah, I get it. Oh, the, yeah, like I actually considered the. Yeah. So that's bobble. that's more of the angle that I was taking. And, and those are more like the traditional classic Tezzeret lists where you. It used to be important to play Torpor Orbs in your main deck, so you could beat Twin. It's not as important anymore, um, but definitely an interesting way to look at it. I, I have my own list that I will bring at some point, but I think we are nearly out of time. So. Yeah, I think that's it for the episode. I want to thank all the people that uh, submitted deck lists, even if we didn't get to use yours. Um, there were some sweet lists. Some of them were more in line with decks I think we'll do in the future. I think there's a Dreadvine list, and I think we're going to do a whole <laughs> Dreadvine list episode soon, so we didn't want to 
jump the shark. <laughs> yeah, I think we want to save some. And and next time we do a brew, we're we're going to try to do this about once a month. I think it's been a little longer than that since we did our last no, brew. Is, it was a, it was a month ago. Okay, so by the time we come next month, we'll have like definitely some more inventive lists. Um, yeah, yeah. We're in a weird place right now because obviously to brew. You want to be using the new cards, and those cards are... requirement for today's episode. Yeah, like, they're very when powerful. When I this episode, is going to be like, brews with new cards, or new card brews. Yeah, that rhymes better. But in general, like when we brew, we try to come up with like interesting and different stuff. And not to say that these lists aren't interesting. They definitely are. It's, it's just that you have to brew with these new cards. They're very ben powerful. Ben doesn't like brews with good cards. I just don't like to use <laughs> the cards that everyone else is using. I want to try to come up with stuff that's different. So that you're, people... you're a hipster. Yeah, anyway. Uh, that's <laughs> going to be that. So thanks for listening to the episode, guys. You're awesome. We have an extra episode coming up soon, a lore episode we're going to be yeah, recording. Yeah, there will be a lore episode. This Very this soon. Month. Yeah, probably like in the next week or two, yeah. something like that. Um, I will be a, a fly on the wall just like you guys listening and asking questions. And uh, aside from that, remember to find us on Twitter at the MMCast. I'm at Ben Bateman Media. I am at Kess Wiley. Um, tweet at either of us personally and ask us questions or anything you have about what we're doing and we will get back to you. We always do. And then lastly, of course, check out the Patreon. Uh, the more supporters, the easier it is for us to do more content, yep. video content coming soon. Thank you guys. Check out the Command Zone. We'll see you soon. Yeah. Oh, also uh, subscribe to our Twitch channel. Twitch or my Twitch channel that we will be releasing our live episode feeds on <laughs> twitch.tv slash Oh, and make sure to check out Trunk Club, our sponsor. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator. <laughs>